very much, Jason Mark Podcast, everybody. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Welcome, listen, I don't know where you are. Where are you on the beach? You might be lucky listening on the beach somewhere. You could be in the gym, could be making dinner for the kids. I mean, I don't know where you are, but thank you very much for your company. I am honoured to be joined by TV presenter extraordinaire. She's also a health advocate, runs like nobody I know. It's the one and only. It is the legend and it's already Jenny Falconer, everybody. Yeah. I got the name thank right. You. By the way, just before we came on, I said, how do you pronounce your name? Is it Falconer? She went, no. Falconer. Well, you know, loads of people say it a different way. The correct way, the way I say it, is Falconer. Like, you know the bird, the falcon. Yes. And then er. Falcon. Oh, or, okay. Falcon. But then, as but, Eamon, yeah, but, Eamon Holmes points out, he says Falcon. And, there's like, oh, there's a and in America, in what do they do? Falconer. <laughs> listen, your podcast, I'm bringing up your podcast and my podcast, but straight away, because I love your podcast. I don't listen to that many podcasts. Well, you're a uh, guest. You're a brilliant well, guest. Well, the fact that you had me on as a guest was amazing. It's got such a following, your podcast. It's doing really well, actually. Well, I had this idea a while ago, and it's called Run Pod, and it's basically about the feel-good of running. So you don't have to win ultra marathons to listen. It's just about the feel-good and why we do it when we hate it when we love it what brings us back and actually we found that quite a lot of people out there do run it's one of the fastest growing hobbies or pastimes out there I mean back in the what 70s it was only people you know like the 118 man it was all people like that that ran wasn't it kind of been invented in a way you know like like, like jogging wasn't a thing I suppose it's an odd concept isn't it so you're not really going anywhere you don't need to be anywhere and you're just stepping outside and running so I've got a lot to cover because I want to ask again a day in the life of all this kind of stuff what you eat nutritionally everything else because you look incredible you always have but you look incredible your skin's amazing you obviously eat well weirdly and this is a coincidence but you're on day three of the I know of when, the juice, when the juice we were I was like I don't know I don't know if I should tell him because I booked in it's been in my freezer uh, this is a juice master delivered and I'm doing for the first time ever your blend one juice blend it's, yeah, this juice, is a new juice, one yeah juice and blend we've got blends and juice together but anyway there's pure coincidence I want to talk about some of that stuff as well but running to get back to that because it's become a real passion for you so Presumably you've run half marathons. Talk us through it. How many have you done? Have you run a marathon? I'm presuming you have. Yeah, so I've done eight marathons. <laughs> the thing is, I'm quite lazy. So I live in London and I've only ever run the London Marathon because it's really easy just to get a tube to the start line and at the end get a tube home again. So, I like the way you say it's really easy. The well, it's like, you it's know, really like, easy. You know, it's like you a, just... the lazy option, the lazy runner's guide to I've a marathon. done the London Marathon. The fact that you can get to the start line easier doesn't make the 26.2 <laughs> miles does it any easier. It's a, it's a, it's a long way. Yeah, well, it's it's still difficult, but then you know, at the end, you just get home pretty quickly, and you're in a bath and drinking walk, a glass of wine. I before can't you know walk it. afterwards. <laughs> I remember doing the New York marathon. I did New York marathon on nothing but juice, and the London marathon on nothing but juice. I know. I can't believe and you did a whole no, marathon no, just it, because everyone's going. Oh, you must carb load, blah blah blah. But you didn't. No, I didn't. I just juiced right before each one. The challenge was, as you know, on on our episode of, of Run Pod, I never trained right. So, which is the most stupid thing uh, in the world. Obviously, you need to train, and that's why I genuinely couldn't walk around New York after I couldn't walk I couldn't go downstairs I did train for a marathon a few years ago one of the marathons I did and I crossed the finish line my toes my my feet are tragic now but my toes had pretty much doubled in size and so they took my socks off I'm really sorry if you're eating or drinking at this minute in time and they took photos because they'd never seen such disgusting feet and what happened is the toenails oh had come out the beds and had then gone back into my toe, Aye. but not where they're meant to, in my toe. So actually they were <sighs> they were slicing my toes open oh. and then they'd swollen. I could feel this from about mile five. I was like, something's going on in my feet. So my feet were really bad. And then so they took my socks off. 
But then I couldn't get my shoes or my socks back on, so I had to take all the insoles out of my trainers. And I remember meeting my husband and daughter, and I literally walked like a sloth towards them, <laughs> just slow motion. And they just were like, you are a sorry state of a person. <laughs> like, you know, if you're listening to somebody who doesn't give up, you can tell this already. Just a throwaway little comment you made there. Oh, and it kind of came on on mile five. Mile five, that's coming on on mile five. I'm leaving the race. I'm getting on the tube line if I live in London and I'm going home for that bath that you mentioned. I'm guessing you're the kind of person that if you're going to do a marathon, nothing will stop. You, you, you are definitely getting to that finish line regardless. Look, there are lots of people that really struggle to get around a marathon because of an illness or uh, because, oh, because of an injury hard. and because it's hard but then just because it's hard is not enough reason no, okay. to struggle there there's it's challenging to it everyone yeah, okay. i mean well farah i presume there's some element of a challenge out there when you're sort of kipchoge when they're sprinting at the yeah, front there but for people like me it is difficult it is hard but that's one of the brilliant things about the marathon anyone can have a go at taking part in this insane race so you've, done eight, mar- you've done eight marathons yeah. have you done half marathons as well done loads of I, do you know I don't know how many half marathons I've done done quite a few you just like for fun I you like do, them I really like them you do like them, them. you yeah. love running don't you and like you work in the heart of London here, literally in the heart of London that's Radio Heart FM mate but your morning show on Heart FM is so early. I mean, in, in terms of for you to get there, it's 4 till 6.30, I believe, right? Yeah, that's that when there? I'm on air. That's when you're on air. But you need to get there much earlier than that, presumably, too. Well, I mean, I'm yes. You know, I, I've mastered the art of getting there in time okay. and uh, <laughs> with enough time to prep. So I, I get up about half two. Sometimes I have been known to snooze a significant get number of times. Up at half two. Are you a snoozer? I'm a hit snooze person now. So now what I do is I quite often allow enough time to hit snooze like five times it's totally pointless if i just got up when my alarm went off i'd have more sleep i don't know i know you were but i think there's a lovely psychology in snoozing i'm on the other side of the fence with that i think there's something about you wake up and you realize you haven't got to get up yet there's, yeah, a, there's like, a kind oh, of yeah, 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 yeah and you kind of get and you although you don't get back more to sleep, minutes it's a little bonus it feels like a bonus yeah. whereas if it did because eight minutes doesn't make that much and difference. you can have an insane dream in eight minutes Garrett, i know that i'm sure you can you really can so so i can have a few of them and then I get up and um, I leave my house around three and then I'm at work around half past and then I prep my show on the way in and then just before So how I far is your out, house from the studio? It's about seven and a half miles away. Seven and a half miles away. So when I read that <laughs> nonchalantly, sometimes I just run home. Yeah. Well, why not? Listen, I genuinely think it's genius. I, look, I... I'm all for it. Just very few, very, very few people. You don't understand how unusual this is. Yeah, the weirdest thing is, so I turn up to work in the morning and because I'm going to run home, I'm on the radio. I don't, what do I need? So I've got my phone. You can have your credit card on your phone. Okay. So you don't, you don't need anything else. I have a phone holder uh, that I just have on my sleeve and quite often I take a lip gloss because that's, you know, you can't do yeah, I do like always, that. especially when and, I'm, I'm um, So I've got my phone, I've got my house key, which I've like singled down to one key and I put that in my kind of arm wallet thing. Uh, the phone goes in there headphones and that's it and I turn up at work and they're like where's your stuff and I'm like what stuff and they're like your stuff like your, 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 your stuff and I'm like well I'm, I don't need anything I'm just coming to do a radio show and I've prepped it all on my phone and done all my research and whatever and uh, then when I finish the show I just I'm there I'm good I run home 
seven and a half miles. And there's an element of freedom in all of what you just said, because running to me equals freedom. There's something beautiful about running, putting your trainers on, as you've mentioned. Actually, I'm not often in London. And as part of the hotel... Isn't it great running in London, though? Like being a sightseer, being a tourist. It is genuinely extraordinary. I absolutely love it. Where I'm staying is attached to a gym. They've got some passes just around the corner. And I went in the gym yesterday morning and and I suddenly thought to myself, what am I doing in the gym? And I thought, St. James's Park is around the corner. What am I doing? And so it's just like running around London, around St. James's Park. And you go, okay, this is actually quite special. Yeah, because if I went to New York or if I went to Mallorca or anywhere actually, and um, I was going to do some exercise, the first thing I'd do is put my trainers on and get outside. New York, I'd go down to Central Park, do a little run round. Uh, Just a little run round, probably about, I'm just jogging to Lanzarote. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever I am, if I'm down your way, south of Spain, I go and run along the promenade. It's amazing. And that's what I would do. I'd go and do some exercise outside, go for a run, explore, kind of have a look around. You get to know an area so much better. Well, you do. This is why I think I mentioned it on your podcast that I always say to people that even if you don't run a marathon, when, when is there a time when a city closes for you? So they just close up. I, I would advise anyone, if you're listening to this now, and you think, oh, I can't do a marathon, look, put a rucksack on, walk it. I mean, they've closed the city down for you. Take a camera, say hello to people, put your name on the front of your shirt. People you don't know will go, go on, Jason, way to go. It's a great day out, yeah. even if you don't run it. And then never people say, oh, well, what t-? it's funny, isn't it? Some people, oh, do you find this as well, Jen, that some people that literally, they couldn't even run a bath. And yet, sometimes when they're talking to you, they go, well, what, what time did you do it in? <laughs> People are obsessed with times. And actually, it doesn't mean anything. And also, you could tell them the time, and then that question's over, and they don't know what to ask next. I think the, t- <laughs> I think the time question is, it doesn't really mean anything. Like, they don't, oh, that's good. I don't, what, what's good, though? Um, if you've got three hours, well, they go, good. <laughs> You're still an hour off the winner. You know, if, if I say four hours, I'm still double the time of the person that won but they'll be like, I don't know what their benchmark is for good or bad but it's irrelevant the fact that you ran 26.2 miles is really key and I never really bother about time in fact I don't I haven't often put my time up anymore um, I just kind of but say I would I've say when it. I did mine and people always inevitably well, what time do you do and I go quicker than you <laughs> quicker than the people that didn't get out of bed yeah it's, it's so always true. quick you know I did it faster than any of those people that's for sure do you so, know when I when I first wanted to do a marathon it's like um, so I've been running for a while and I used to go to the gym on a Sunday morning and do a run on the treadmill and every year on the Sunday morning obviously the marathon would be on the telly and I would run watching the marathon and I'd run for ages I'd run for a couple of hours on the treadmill just watching people run and I'd be like then I, eventually I got to the point where I was like I can't watch them I should be with them and then I started making kind of like a little bit of a song you know, you're one of the very few people I know that, so I, I used to do the great with the with with half marathons in particular ones that, that were obviously being televised and I would go to the gym specifically on the day and start at the same time on the treadmill and I used to think right well if they're doing it I'm doing it and it's a funny thing isn't it I just yeah. I, you're the only other person I know that they ever did that so in terms of nutrition let's get back so it's, oh it's, I'm really so, bad with this the nutrition what I was going to say is that why because I know a lot of people that use juicing they will use it in the same way that you put your car in for a service right so you're not particularly good most of the time but actually you need a seven day or a five day put your car in for a service get back out and then good to go actually I'm not very good at nutrition I should probably have a plan and I should really be on top I should plan the week know what I'm eating it's difficult I've got a little girl who's just turned eight I've got a husband who's annoying <laughs> well <laughs> so I've met him a couple them. of times he's just turned eight as well isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it I'm only like joking that. I'm only joking but between us I'll cook and my husband will go well I don't want that and I'm like oh my 
God, it's a nightmare. Cooking for the family is really difficult. And so I find it quite hard to plan meals on that front. I get up and go to work at three and I'm not hungry. Don't want breakfast then. And then I run afterwards. I don't really know when to have breakfast. And then when I do have it, I don't know really what so to So do you have. normally, for example, you're on day three of Juice and Blend at the moment. So when would you fit that in? Because the timings that we have on the app or the suggestion when you get the juice delivered, of course, those timings are... In I mean, the, I'm going rogue. Totally rogue. I was going to say... You you're got, probably not going to approve. Well, listen. So, okay. So hang on. So I had Juice 1 yeah. this morning at 4 a.m. when I'm okay. on air. So I kind of sip it between four and six. So that's what I do, just kind of Got because it. I'm working. So that's, it's there. And then I've been working constantly since then. I went to the gym straight after work. So I went to like a CrossFit class and then I've been working ever since. So it's now two o'clock and I'm on just two. Well, now you're back on the normal program. But I've had, <laughs> see, that's good then. But I had a banana. I'm allowed a banana, haven't I? So I had a banana and I've been drinking water and I've had a couple of herbal teas. And that is the key. You know, you've got to keep hydrated and you've got to be sensible about listening to your body. We call it a hunger SOS. Yeah. So a banana class is hunger SOS and avocado hunger SOS. So you do this a few times and you do five days or three days or whatever the case yeah, is. Yeah, I do. I tend to do the five day one mostly. This time I'm doing a seven day. And the reason I do it is because... The way I describe it to people is that by the end, I've done it a few times, and by the end, I feel like my eyes sparkle. I know it sounds ridiculous, no, but I get up at half two in the morning, and I'm tired a lot of the time. I feel like I'm sometimes a bit narcoleptic, so I fall asleep mid-conversation. And its I don't mean that in a rude way. It's awful. I genuinely do fall asleep mid-conversation, especially in the evenings. And and it, it's because my day's been quite long, but I, I do feel that... If I had the right nutrition, I would probably be much healthier. So what I have to do is I have to reset every now and again. And then there are weeks like this week, which is really busy. And also I have a few shoots on and whatnot. And so I don't want to pump my body full of rubbish. And also I know that if I'm busy, it's easier to stick to Do you know, it's a great way to think because a lot of people think the complete opposite. So what a lot of people do, especially when it comes to nutrition or health... I'm really busy this week. There's no way. Oh, it's easier when you're busy because then there's there's less temptation because you're like, okay, I'm too busy to go to the cupboard and eat those biscuits. I agree, but if people are looking for excuses why they're particularly not doing it, even if they're telling themselves it, then being busy, well, I'm in London, I'm busy and there's too many food outlets and there's this, that and the other. And Because here, I mean, you know, where I live now is completely different. Here in London, Literally on every corner, there's a prep. On every oh, corner, there's I this. And I was talking to somebody last night. I said, if I lived in London again, I'd probably be a beast. I mean, there's, yeah. there's eateries everywhere. So for you to come in and just drink juice and do shoots and do a radio show and do this, when because when you're tired, your blood sugar levels go lower. But of course, a lot of people don't realise is that w- the, the eating the wrong foods makes you tired. See, I think I'm acclimatised to the, the lack of sleep, maybe. Right, okay. But I need to just balance out the, the bad food. And also, yesterday I was on a shoot, oh, and I was with some amazing people doing an amazing shoot. And at lunchtime, in came all the delicious foods. And they're <laughs> like, Jenny, do you want something? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right, thank you. And they're just like, why isn't she eating? And there I am, over in the corner. <laughs> But when you say bad food, let's put this in perspective. When you say, you know, and I'll get on the bad food, what is bad? I mean, I reckon even a day in the life of Jenny bad. It's it's more stodge. You know what it is? It's all the stodge. It's all the the sugars. It's it's stuff that's not fresh. And I'm not a very good cook. I don't experiment 
with cooking. I'm, I really well, need to do the time. I just, I hate cooking. I'll be honest. I don't like it. So I buy a lot of ready-made stuff or I'll do a lot of salads or stir fries because then at least I know it's not, you know, just come out of pack. But I'm not very good. Convenience food is far too convenient for me. So you obviously look really well and you exercise and everything else. Would you say exercise is more important, not more important, but you focus much more on the exercise than you do nutrition? So this is the problem. So for me, I will work out all the time. So I therefore can think that I can turn a blind eye to the nutrition. But I think there's going to come a point where I Actually, that makes no difference. Yeah, but I wonder when that is. I mean, if you're running eight miles, I always say you can't outrun a hamburger, but actually I think you could. I think I think, that, <laughs> I think that's the difference. Because a lot of people make the mistake of, again, they do that kind of calorie thing that calories don't even make any sense, but they pretend they do and they think it's a science. And so what they do is they go, actually, if I go on the treadmill... Or they for, burn the calories they're eating. They'll burn the calories they're eating. That's what they think. And so even if they're trying to do that, they're not doing the mass correctly either. But if they have something like a Mars bar or something like that, they go, I just go on the treadmill. Now, I don't know, could you run outside and stuff? But when you go to a gym, it's the difference between going, I've been in the gym for two hours. Fine. What have you done? But what have you done? I, I saw it yesterday morning. I thought, they got a lot of social media done. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of well, people that come there's out a lot of people looking that, exactly the same as they were. exactly in. the same. They're just doing a bit of social media. Or they're running at a pace on a treadmill that you think, if you're there, be there. Yeah. I, I think if you're going to have a workout... I want to, at the end of the workout, I want to have sweat. Yeah. I want to look red in the face and I want to have to have a shower. (laughs) That's basically tick. That's me So that's probably why, do you do yoga or anything like that? I've done yoga in the past. I used to do a hot yoga. um, Yeah, of course, because it introduces sweat, you see. Yeah, that's probably why. I liked it. And also I felt like it was a bit more dynamic as well. I'm really into CrossFit. I'm not the strongest person in the room by a long shot, but I like, lifting weights and I feel that it's toning me up and making me stronger for more running as well yeah, I, get and well, I love, I, I, love I do a lot of golf as well I'm obsessed with you do golf. golf do you do any sport though <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that somebody who has never picked up a golf bat in his life <laughs> golf bat I I d- yeah no I always try it when God, I'm you live in a, you have the most amazing yeah. properties in areas where the golf is dream scenario yeah there is but I mean it's a nightmare for me but there you go I mean people love it they get a little ball they get any old iron they go well let's hit this little ball with an iron and then just walk half a mile and then did it again yeah and then find a flat bit of ground is knocking around somewhere with a hole in it i only started it a year and a half ago oh you're and, in trouble and i was i exactly had your attitude oh my god and then i started and then i realized it's four hours outside you you know you carry the bag if you want and you walk fast so you do get a bit of a workout actually did i see on your instagram you got a coach is that a coach that i see you with i do i, I train every now and again yeah, with I someone saw that with the inside yeah it what gives me it, like, like an inside drills. outside so that's a driving range it's a driving range yeah. my theory is this everybody i've talked to about golf and, and maybe you've reached stage, uh, a year and a half in and it is a great sport i was teasing and like you said plenty of fresh air plenty of walks and you can all all of those things and it is a, uh, it looks it's really it looks, sociable really sociable it looks really difficult the challenge is do you get to the point where this is my theory with golf when you first start am I right in thinking if you hit a good shot you're over the moon you've had a great day there comes a point soon after that actually you just hate yourself <laughs> yeah there's, there's definitely you're like oh a great shot and then there'll be another time where you hit the ball into a bush and that's your ball loss you're like oh my gosh so, and then you always go well, that, that's just a one-off. And then you go again and it's straight back in the bush. You're like, oh my God. And then you hate yourself. And then you can be really destroyed. And then you hit a good shot and you're like, yeah, I'm 
back. See, that's the thing. I might, I might go and have a little bath. I mean, I just, it, patience. It, take, it, it is, it's just something that's really great when you finish work at 6.30 in the morning and you need to pass the time between finishing work and school pickup. And if I haven't got another job, I'm like, well, go for it. you know what? I don't know anybody else that finishes work and then is waiting to do the school run in the morning. You wake up so early. I just looked through some of the info that someone like Google or... Oh, you got some dodgy facts. Or Yahoo or Bing. Don't forget there's Bing as well. Probably everybody knows this about you. Your career seems to have kicked off in 1994 when you was on Blind Date. I w- yeah, no, I was. I was at school and the auditions came to town and it was it's like the circus came to town. And me and all my mates were in the sixth form doing A-levels. And I went, well, I think I might go and audition. Loads of my friends went, yeah, we're going to come. Because we thought that the answers they gave on the show were rubbish. We're like, yes. well, we could do better answers than that. So and we did you went. write your own answers, though? No, it didn't. So, they, so, oh, so we just went down to audition. And it was like X Factor auditions. You had to queue. Yeah. There were hundreds <laughs> or maybe thousands of people that applied. But anyway, you get whittled down. There's more auditions. And then one day I got a phone call. Uh, we'd like you to come on. And we'd like you to be a picker. So I didn't even have to answer a question. Oh. I had to ask a question. Oh, that's good. So you knew you were going on the date? Yeah, guaranteed holiday, which apparently you weren't allowed to say holiday, you had to say date. So I knew I was going on it. I'd just left school. I was waiting for my A-level results and they kind of said it's happening. And then during my freshers week at uni, I went off and filmed Blind Date. So I turned up to uni late. People are like, where have you been? I was well, like, uh, I was filming dun, 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 dun. <laughs> You did a radio interview, from what I gather, and uh, said you wanted to work in TV. A week later, somebody who'd heard the interview asked you for an audition for a programme, and then six weeks after uh, after the show aired, you got your first presenting job on BBC Scotland. Is that yeah, right? my yeah? first my first TV job. Adrenaline went sports, no less. Yeah. Well, it went out on my 19th birthday. Yeah, Jeez. my first TV show. So, And it was on BBC Two in Scotland, and it was it was really great experience. Yeah, of course it was. I've not I mean, seen, I mean I, I'd probably vomit if I saw it now because it'd be so painful. But but actually, there must be so. Like you said, it, it was like, oh, somebody comes on Blind Date and then all of a sudden they become a TV presenter. But as you've already illustrated there, it's not all of a sudden. I did lots of work experience at the radio station. I'd go down there all the time. And then eventually when the show was airing, they went, will you come and do a chat about Blind Date? And I went, yes. Now, I'd already been working and working and volunteering in all my spare time at uni there because I'd, I'd just got a real taster for telly. Otherwise, had I not gone on to blind date I was going to uni I was doing I did Spanish Italian and Latin and I hoped one day maybe to be an architect in Spain not that I was doing anything architectural whatsoever but that's what in my head I might do so do you speak other languages yeah. I used to oh, you, you, you forget, you've forgotten it now have you it's quite a long time ago. Well, okay, fair enough. Well, uh, I'm not, I, I, I get by. So you were also co-host of Entertainment Today on Good Morning Television. Yeah, so I'd been presenting for six years and I'd done big ITV shows, but more factual and consumer and undercover yeah. journalism. Ooh. So it was like that kind of evening slot. And in the end, I went and um, met the guys at GMTV and they went, we want to create an entertainment show. Would you like to present it? I was like, yeah. Yeah, please. So Entertainment Today was born. And you interviewed when, like Tom Cruise and Will Smith. Yeah, my stuff. first day on the job. Very first day they went, so uh, for your first job, you're going to go to Venice and you're going to interview Clint Eastwood. And I was like, oh my God. It was amazing. That was my first job for GMTV. But also Tom Cruise. Yeah, I've interviewed him quite a few times. In fact, it's really interesting. So I've done quite a few things with the royals, as in the real royal family. And then I've done a few things with Tom Cruise. And the security checks for Tom Cruise are more stringent than they are for the royal family. One of the films I did was War of the Worlds. 
And they really liked to check the questions because it was a bit sci-fi and, you know, he is Scientologist and oh, they don't want you to confuse to, to, any to, alien questions and mix it up with religion. Yeah, so there's a lot of approval that has to be done in security. And do you remember he came to London one time and someone squirted water in his face? No. Can't remember the that. big security issue. So they're very strict with Tom Cruise. So he, well, he's so he was doing an interview and a comedian squeezed a squirty microphone, which is like uh, a water pistol, and squirted water in his face. Obviously, it could have been, could have been actually been quite, could have been yeah, anything. Been so, anything. and he's so generous with his time when he comes. I mean, you say what you want about him, right? He is one of the most generous actors when it comes to giving time to the press. Because he's, I've seen him on a, on a red carpet. Four hours. Work. He was. Yeah, out I was going to say he comes. He realizes they've taken so long to be there out in the cold. Yeah. And he does selfies. He makes calls to their friends. I mean, he really is. He, he really. Did. When I was working for GMTV, I interviewed him and I said to him, um, we've been waiting here for a while. It's lovely to meet My mum has been on the phone to me and he was like, let me speak to her. Oh, so I come passed on. Her, I passed my phone over. My, my mum, right? How the hell did she bring up Haggis? I mean, she doesn't <laughs> mention Haggis ever. She, it's not like she's a true Scot. She has to talk about Haggis. It's not what it is, but she somehow brought up Haggis. And so I'm watching him and he's like, Jeanette, hi. And then he's, <laughs> next minute he's like, Haggis, I'd love to try some Haggis. I'm like, what the hell is she saying to him? It was so funny. So they had a little conversation and then it turned into this speak to the mum thing that oh, went up, yeah. no, I mean and also one thing we don't bring up on a nutrition podcast surely is haggis no offence oh no, I, w- no I would not eat that it's, I call it mystery food there's a category yeah, of food surprise. that I actually call mystery food so we have categories people say there's protein but then this. I used to eat it because it's what you do and it's actually quite nice it's really tasty but I just don't eat many animal products like no, that I, I don't eat many meats yeah. so um, the veggie haggis is delicious I don't even know what's in it. Oh my god! It's like it's kind of like a bit nut roasty. It is amazing. It's got such a nice spice. There you go. Try I've that. I haven't tried that. So when well, you do haggis, neeps and tatties on burn night, just do a veggie haggis. It's by the so way, delicious. while we're doing this podcast, a film that's just come out on Netflix, I want to get your view on it. It's making all the rounds. It's doing big guns. It's called Game Changers. Oh, the plant based one. I haven't watched it yet, but okay, I'm really so intrigued it. on it. Okay. Are you a plant based diet person? No, I am primarily yes. Primarily, yes, but for years I was a vegan. I was a vegan for seven years. See, I, uh, but I, I I'm kind not of now. envy I'm not, people that have the control to be a vegan. Well, I'm not now because I'm also human as well. The, 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 the thing that changed for me really was understanding two concepts. One, the human body has the ability to deal with a certain amount of anything and remain in optimum health, right? So it was designed to deal with a certain amount of anything. Secondly, there's a rich tapestry of life to be had in the world. And what I didn't want to do is offend certain cultures or anything else if I'm traveling the world if I happen to be in a Bedouin tent in somewhere and somebody goes this person's made this thing I don't want to say oh well I'm wheat free dairy free sugar free gluten free but would you you eat anything that was offered to you then would I eat anything that was offered to you well if you're going to want to offend someone well it but not have this bowl of rabbit eyes no not anything no Mm. but it's hard because you look on Netflix now you you, you look at any of these films some films will convince you to be a carnivore some convince you to be a vegetarian whatever which way do you think is the best way I think plant based there's no question but it's amazing in this documentary huge sporting legends are crediting their incredible achievements to plant-based diets. Look, Jen, yeah, I get that, but there's also a number, if you look at a different documentary, that will also oh, do the, other the wax lyrical about the other side. I think, and I've said it a few times, so if you listen to the podcast, I, I apologise for repeating myself, but I think really the enemy is white refined fats, salts and sugars. And I think that actually when we have two sets of people arguing about is grass-fed beef better than an avocado or this, that and the other, actually fruits and vegetables, grains, nuts, seeds and lean proteins, I think everybody ultimately is in agreement that 
in the right ratio, in the right balance, it will do no harm and only good. And what we're really, where our focus should be is against what I call the drug food industry and the, the manipulation of food. Because there's a massive manipulation of food. And I was saying to somebody earlier that, you know, the guy can only eat so many oranges. Yes, but once you pop, you can't stop. And there's a difference. Uh, and one's been formulated, essentially, by scientists to compel you to eat more. And the other one hasn't. So, and it's a really funny art because people are getting really big on this. Is meat okay? Is plant-based okay? And I would say primarily, I'm, I, when you asked me just a minute ago, I, I thought, well, yes, plant-based. However, I know some very unhealthy vegetarians because they're not vegetarians at all what they are they're starch area or carb areas because they're just eating breads and well, they're eating pastas, bread, pastas this, they, they haven't seen a vegetable in 20 years yeah. right equally i know some very unhealthy meat eaters too they're eating high human intervention meat you know it's all it, it's not grass-fed and this that and the other plus it's mystery food it's either sausages or burgers or I mean, other. That, no, that, no one knows a nice barbecued sausage no one knows that yeah and, and the body can deal with something like that every now and then of course it can and that's why the real argument should be against the white refined sugar mob and i just think that actually in between here if we eat a bundle of vegetables you know a nice amount of fruit whether we eat it whether we get it in salads soup juice blends i think the vast majority of what we should consume is plant-based then i think if you want some lean proteins along the way if that's how your body functions and you create fine just make sure that it's good quality yeah. and this that and the other you see that's what i think on the whole that we in our house I survive mainly on really big salads. So yeah. salads filled with veg. Is avocado your meat? Would you say I you love, know me? I like do avocado. love an avocado, but I do cook chicken. I put chicken on there as well. But avocado definitely. Maybe some pomegranate seeds. Maybe but all the loads, amino acids. Maybe it's some veg. Maybe acids. roast some butternut squash. Shove oh, that in there. Just do stuff that. like that. What you're torturing? You're on day three of a juice and blend diet. This must be killing you. Talking Sometimes about I have this. to talk about it. Just I know. Just, oh, if I tell you, if I gave you a recipe book now, right, with all the food in, it'd be like porn, wouldn't it? I know it would be like that. And it's like, well, I've been in interviewing loads for RunPod, which is my running podcast, I've been interviewing loads of Olympians and they're saying that when they train for all these incredible Olympic events that they go on to quite often win amazing medals at, all they want to do throughout it all is eat something that's not in their diet. And the minute they win a gold medal, they'll reward themselves with like a McDonald's. I mean, I thought they'd go to town, but no, they just want something like that or a pizza. And it's it's fascinating, but that's it. They just want junk food. That's the dream scenario for Do you them. know what's so funny, though? Because people on a... And you you probably be testament to this. I mean, you've done it a few times, but anybody comes on our retreat genuinely, I mean, I would say 98% of people, and I've been doing this for over 20 years, that if you do it for five days or longer, if you do a, a well-thought-through juice plan, that actually you do crave food at the end, but you physically want a decent salad yeah. or some... Because, you, because you've gone... I, d I feel guilty if I don't stick to this because I've done really well and I like the taste of really good. But for some, it's a genuine tasty. switch. For some, it's a genuine switch. They know they can have anything. And they can have wild. anything they want, and but yet they go. But I, I actually want a salad. You know, and, and they sometimes think, well, how has this happened? And, and nobody knows. It's like, we call it a reset because in seven days on the retreat, people start looking at the book and they start looking at the salads and everything else and they're on day five, the, two days so before they leave. If you went on, on the retreat, though, is it easy to stick to it there? Because you know, well, you've got no choice. Oh, you see, there's no one smuggles things in. Well, they do. We check everybody's room. No, we do? don't. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to because it's stupid human rights, so we can't. Um, but we do say to people at the beginning, if you brought any contraband in, you know, you invested time, energy, and money yeah. to come in for seven days. It's only seven days. I mean, if you can't focus for seven days, you've got to ask yourself some questions. So we have people hand stuff into us. We had three, well, in fact, actually, we found three packets of Jaffa Cakes once in somebody's room. We didn't ask the, the Jaffa Cakes. The Jaffa Cake. Are they a cake or a biscuit? Ask the VAT man in England. The housekeeping team said, what do we do with these? I said, just take them. 
And they went, what will they say? I went, nothing. That's the beauty of it. What are they going to say? Yeah, because they're oh, you took, caught. You took, they've been caught. Yeah. You took my... But people do hand stuff in. They, 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 once they're at the retreat, they suddenly realise, actually, it's only seven days. I do myself a disservice if I do that. And so, so they're on it. But also the exercise, the sunshine, the fact that they have time to rest. I bet, you know, there's a, I bet it's a, you get a really good sleep. I bet you feel great. Unbelievable. The first two nights, it's unbelievable. Because a lot of people, for the first time in a long time, are not having alcohol, right? So a lot of people drink wine every day or whatever the case is, and I'm not judging. It's different strokes for different folks. But they, all of a sudden, they don't have any false stimulants going in their body at all. So their body just goes, I am... I'm ready for sleep. And as the week goes on, the biggest thing we get, whether people's on a juice diet, delivered or whatever it is, is people saying, I just slept better. I slept better. I slept better. And actually, when you get good sleep, then everything is easier in life. Yeah, you in, come in home gym. tanned and tall you know and looking but, amazing. But also, but people, I say the challenge is you come back feeling so good that everybody always, I mean, they, they weren't keen on you coming out anyway, because I know that people aren't, right? It's a bit weird. You can eat what you want, get as big as you want. Nobody mentions anything. Have a green juice. Oh, is it safe? Right? So it's a bit weird world that we live in. But when they come on the juice plan, they come back. If they're enthusiastic about it, then, of course, people go, oh, you've joined a cult, have you? <laughs> you've joined a cult. Do you- people come for, like, longer than, do people? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I think the longest we had somebody there was two months. Uh, no, yeah, two yeah, months? Yeah, two months, oh, yeah. No, of just juice. Yeah, just juice, two months. Two months, yeah. wow. Did they, they must have entirely changed every part of They did, and they lost tremendous. Element. I mean, you've got to bear in mind, and some people listening to you go, oh, that's shocking. And were they overseen by a doctor? When somebody's genuinely morbidly obese and they have an eclectic mix of, uh, on the surface, different lifestyle diseases, people are more than happy for people to be liquid-fed by the medical profession. But they're not happy to be liquid fed by nature. So it's a very strange thing. So Well, I'm quite impressed. What I was thinking was they'd have changed their mental outlook would have oh, changed as well because they've spent two months just kind of really but probably also, doing so, a bit more thinking we, and meditating. I believe your life is a result of what you feed yourself, not just what you put into your mouth, but also your eyes and your ears. So while you're there, it's immersion into... Not just positivity into the eyes, because positivity is like is a bit wishy-washy, but it's about the right education. So it's not brainwashing, it's counter-brainwashing. People say, are you brainwashing people to eat healthily? Well, you could argue people have been brainwashed to eat the wrong way. I mean, you know, nobody, uh, there's not a toddler that suddenly woke up and go, I, I need a Pringle. You know, I don't think that ever happened. I think they were brainwashed somewhere along the line or advertising or whatever. So yes, astonishing what can be done in a week on nothing but juice. And the average person, three, five, seven days more than enough as a shake-up. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's what it is. So a little reset. You know, people say it's not sustainable. It's not meant to be sustainable. Putting yeah. your car in for a service isn't meant to be sustainable. So the whole point is, it's just a little... But that's what you're using it for, Yeah, right? that's what I... It makes me makes me feel great. makes me feel great. Although I do find it... I find it hard yesterday evening, day two evening. Evenings are tough, because I find the evenings tough. Serving well. my eight-year-old dinner, and I'm just looking at her, and she's like that. Eight? Mm. Cook, it, cook it yourself. Eight? <laughs> Listen, my little fella's just turned 18 months old. I'm amazed he's not cooking already. I'm like, what are you doing, fella? Why are you still not taking care of yourself? I do have these conversations with little JJ. Uh, things like, well, hang on, when a giraffe's born, it can walk straight away. This isn't clever. You know, I'm <laughs> poor little fella. Um, anyway, listen, I wish I had tons more time. Listen, your podcast, I know I wax lyrical about it, but I've listened to several episodes of it. I think it's fantastic. If you want any inspiration to literally get running, get your body moving for different reasons than just 
weight loss, because actually that's what I love about it. It's, it's really not focused on weight loss at all. It's about lifting the mental spirit. It's yeah. about just getting out there, the getting focus in. It's very much away from that because very the idea much away is from it. it's not, it's, it's just about feeling healthy and well, feeling you don't, good. You're not juicing for weight loss this week. No, at all. Not at all. And, that's the, and that's what people don't realize. And, and sometimes they get, you, know, you probably get attacked something. Are you promoting and whatever? And, but and you've got, there's a lot, there's calories in I know there are. Don't people, even get me started. I know I that. Anyway, you're so preaching I'm, the converted. The same with running. You don't have to run for anything other than then just want it. And also a lot of people like it. It helps their mental state of mind. There's a lot of advantages to running. And I think uh, it's huge when it comes to gen. I know there's a lot of talk about mental health right now and there is no question that you put your shoes on, you get in the fresh air, you run around a park and uh, I would challenge anybody no matter what mood you're in, and especially in the rain, I love running in the rain. The rain, if, if it's pouring down in rain and I run in the rain, there must be some irons or something, I don't know. There's something that goes on where... My mood is entirely different when I come yeah, back. It really good. is. You just feel good. So the inspiration, and it's, it's ongoing. I mean, you're doing more episodes, more episodes all yeah. the time. Well, in fact, I tell you what, if you are going for a run, why don't you go for a run and put Jason's Run Pod oh, like episode it. on and guaranteed, because what we like to think is it's like you're running with friends. You're running. Like you don't that. have to get involved in the conversation. You can just listen, which means you can save your breath. And then we do the <laughs> chatting, run with you. And... You give loads of motivational tips. You will not slow down. In fact, you might find you run a little bit further or you might find you run a little bit faster, but more than anything, you just be doing it. And that's what's most important. Well, I love I love Rob Pod. And if you're up early enough, um, then obviously Heart FM. Yeah, you can listen uh, to in, me on Between Heart. four and six in London, though. I mean, no wonder you've got good listenership. I mean, like from, from where we're in Spain to Sleepy Town, I mean, no one's up. But, but here, I've got the four o'clock club between four and five, obviously. It, it's heaving. It's I, heaving, isn't so it? So many texts every it's morning. Heaving. People are up early these days. They want to get on it. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of pressure on people as well. Well, the earlier you start, the earlier you finish. Well, so they say, but actually, I mean, you I have you to do be honest, I don't have enough hours in my day. So I like starting early because then I can cram more into the rest of the day. Well, the podcast is inspirational. Love listening to your show as well. There's tons that I haven't had time to run through. Hopefully, in season three, we'll get you back again. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the one and only, let's pronounce it correctly, it is Jenny Faulkner. <laughs> Jenny Faulkner, everybody, come on, Jenny Faulkner. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed that. 